0: Lo Talk radio welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio show with your featured host Sha McCain, a forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern day Christian mystic and UFO experiencer Shah introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick, and now for your
1: host, Shaw McCain. Hey everybody, I'm your host Shaw McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow The Paranormal is Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're very proud to say we're translating to many different languages for our listeners outside of the country. And the caller number tonight is 619-924-9744. And The Paranormal airs every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and sometimes we switch it to Saturday at the convenience of our speakers. Uh, we also have a uh, Bible study called Sacred Sundays every Sunday morning 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. During the show, I can take your questions in order in chat, or you may call in with your questions and speak with our guest tonight. Any buzz killers and chatter on the phone will be kicked out. I will kick you, get the boot. I'll have a copy of your phone number and all your information, so I'll bug you if you bug me, so don't bug us. So be polite and play nice. And anyway, so you know the announcements and plannings are underway for the new 2017 International UFO Congress, and uh, they said they're very excited and that it's going to be uh, more awesome than, than all the previous ones. So the International UFO Congress has a Facebook page, so go over there. You can also go to their tweets and Twitter or whatever you call it, at uh, the at, so sign I-U-F-O-C, or by checking out the hashtag, hashtag I-U-F-O-C. You can also see some video past events to see if you want to Make up your mind and see if you want to go there for the first time. Open Minds UFO Report has it all underway. And if you go to Open Minds, you can also find them everywhere. And it says to say it's going to be February 15th through 19th, 2017. And they're going to be at the Wee Resort early. So be sure that you uh, have a room at the host hotel. And that's where everybody congregates. Travis Watt will bring his guitar and serenade everybody. Yes, I know he's been abducted, but he does play guitar. Anyway, so will see you all there at Open Minds TV, OpenMinds.tv, and you can get all the information there. And I want to tell you about my friend and mentor, Yvonne Smith. She's um, a licensed hypnotherapist at Close Encounters Research Organization, the one I belong to. Her direct line is 818-383-6903. And you can reach her if you need any kind of help, especially with post-traumatic stress from being abducted right out of your own bedroom. It's just not right. Anyway, you can call her for help, Y-V-O-N-N-E-4-P-T-S-D at gmail.com. And go to the website for upcoming events. They have special speakers from around the world. She's worked with Bud Hopkins and late Dr. John Mack and somebody that I love very much. And uh, you can go and see where all the events are and all these special speakers at www. C-E-R-O-International.com. It's here in Southern California at various spots. And we're actually, at the end of the month, going to have our usual monthly shindig, but it's going to be at the Burbank location. Other than that, I can't tell you anything because it's all secret undercover. But anyway, uh, let's see. She said, uh, remember, the donations are welcome and help to keep the uh, continue the work of the quest for truth and to fight to preserve experience of civil rights. Yes, we have civil rights. Anyway, then, let's talk about Melinda Leslie. She's another researcher and investigator of the field of ufology. And you know what? She was just on coast to coast, so she's getting to be a big deal, and we love her very much. Anyway, if you're anywhere near Sedona, Arizona, she takes you out with these military night vision goggles, and she'll take a whole group out. She's done about 600 hours of tours out there in the middle of the night, and uh, they had some pretty incredible uh, sightings out there, so... Uh, go to uh, TripAdvisor.com, and also she's available for speaking at your engagements and special stuff. And uh, she says she has a special connection with Joshua Tree, so she's probably had contact in the desert that's going on right now in Joshua Tree. There's a bunch of people that are weathering the hundred degree heat out there, and they're over by the big famous Big Big Rock in Yucca Valley. You know, I don't like the desert too much, and I respect everybody going out there. And uh, they say they love it. It's almost like the Woodstock of UFO people. So anyway, go there. Everybody and the brother is going to be over there. So not Sedona, Joshua Tree right now. So anyway, she's going to be there too. And let's see. Go to her website at www.ufosightingtours.com. Okay, so I have another beautiful and delightful person. She has a, a gorgeous... Uh, office in Huntington Beach I don't know if you know the, the ocean down in the Pacific Ocean But it's gorgeous and she's a wonderful Therapist and counselor because We do need help and if you need help And want to know you're not alone In whatever because she's also into Past life regressions, energy work chakra clearing and all that Her name is Kim Troutman And you can find her at Kim dot com. And she's also located In uh, 2400 West Pacific Coast Highway, Suite 7, Newport Beach, California. That's a gorgeous beach. And her phone number, 866-546-8768. We love her. Go patronize her because she does groups, and she actually will even uh, do Skype or anything else anyway to help you. And then Captain Robert Salas's wife, Marilyn Salas, my, my good peeps. Uh, you can find her at MarilynSalasGmail.com. She's a healer. And she makes these essential oils, and they smell like incense, and they're very healthy on the skin. You can find her at www.lovesblessing.com. Anyway, go ahead and patronize all my peeps; they're wonderful people, and uh, we love them very much. And also, you can find our—we I have a uh, a Facebook page, and it's one of the—I you know, think it's like the only one like it on Facebook. I don't know how I came up with this brilliant idea of having a paranormal book and a club on the Facebook page, and it's working very well. If you want to join us, we welcome you. And one of the featured books that I came across is actually by a young woman named J.G. Voss, and she's our featured guest tonight, and she's an author of the book Paranormal. And she began experiencing paranormal encounters as a child, and she believes her strong connection to the spirit realm began after being pronounced dead as an infant. In the last decade, she's been capturing paranormal activity and photos within her homes at various locations. These locations are referred to in her book, Paranormal, as being the four points of contact. She has 50 of these photos, included in the book. And currently she lives in Seneca Falls, New York, and I gather that's upstate, and uh, I used to live up there. And uh, I lived in Poughkeepsie, New York, and I lived near Hyde Park. Anyway, with her husband and youngest daughter, Her husband has become a believer after seeing a photo of ghostly passengers sitting in his car one day as he drove to work. Oh, my God. J.G. and her eldest daughter, who resides in Berkeley, California, share and support each other through their personal experiences of connection with the spirit realm. J.G. is currently working on another book that's a fictional paranormal thriller. Anyway, we're so fortunate and happy to have J.G. Voss with us this, this, this evening. And she's live for the Paranormal Sacred Welcome, JG. How are you doing this evening?
2: Hi, Cher. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, you, you know, I I came across your book and I went, Gee, she looks young. And then I was thinking, Oh goodness, could the paranormal, which is our forte over here on the show, and we're so uh, proud and happy to have you on, JG. Oh well,
2: thank you, and thank you for saying I'm so young. I, I'm really not, <laughs> but thank you.
1: <laughs> well, you look young to me. So uh, anyway, I was. Uh, thank you so much for. Uh, I I didn't get the package yet. Thank you so much. But I was reading uh, in your uh, b- your book in the beginning that uh, you had a, uh, you know, passed away uh, after you were born, like a, as an infant. Did you want right. to tell us uh, that what happened?
2: Sure. My father rushed me to the hospital, and uh, I had severe asthma as a child. And uh, apparently, they took me into the emergency room, and the doctor came out to my father and said he was sorry to tell him that I had passed away. Um, Within a few moments, a nurse came running out and said, She's breathing. Well, my father was a police officer, and he was really a, a gentle person. He, he was very kind-hearted. And, but unfortunately for this doctor, apparently it really got under my father's skin, and he, he, he basically pushed this doctor up against the wall uh, because at that time um, apparently a lot of doctors were uh, telling people that their babies had died, and then they were taking the babies and selling them. So my father was probably keenly aware of this at that time. And uh, in my book, I actually found, I did some research, and I, I include a link uh, to um, a, um, the fact that this was going on, and uh, it's documented. So apparently, that, that's how this all, I believe, how I got connected to the spiritual realm, because... You know, shortly after that, as a child, I saw an apparition over my bed, standing uh, over me in the middle of the night. Um, I I lived in the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. Yes. And so, um, you know, and then it it, it just continued. You know, I I, I, I say I'm not a ghost hunter. Uh, I believe that the ghosts hunt me because I don't go out looking for them. All of these pictures that I have in the book are from my home that I've lived in
1: wow um you know uh so are you do you think that they were there uh when you got there in the house or that you brought them with you?
2: I believe i well some of them might have come along with me after looking at my husband's car with the Passengers in it, which is actually a photo in in the book. You can see an elderly woman leaning forward, looking at me like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you taking my picture? It's it's unbelievable. Um, but um, I believe that uh, in especially the uh, photos that are in the book, um, those were there uh, when excuse me when I moved in, because especially. Uh, The most intense haunting was in Sacramento, California, in the uh, Greenhaven district, Pocket Greenhaven. And I believe that was because in the Pocket Greenhaven, there had been a Portuguese cemetery and a Native American cemetery that um, the Portuguese cemetery had uh, buildings built over it. And the Native American cemetery uh, had the Native Americans removed and relocated elsewhere, and uh, it is supposed to be one of the most haunted areas in Sacramento, California. And that place was just—it uh, was—it was pretty frightening, actually. But yeah, um, it,
1: you know, uh, California people don't realize that. Some uh, ghost investigators really consider us the most haunted state. I guess it's yeah, such a big I believe state. And... Go ahead.
2: I believe, I believe it because that's where I had the most um, haunting. Now, I am actually living in Seneca Falls, where actually the women's movement started with Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Um, but uh, I'm actually now living in a home that's over 150 years old. And although oh there God. are, yeah, there, you would think I wouldn't move into a place this old, yeah. but, um, you know, but um, actually there are spirits here, but they're not, um, you know, they, they're they're no problem. They, they just, I see, I kind of see things flying by, and I've caught a couple of apparitions, uh, in photographs, which again, I, I'm not pushing the bar. I'm just saying they're in the book, um, but it, they're they're mi- mild manner, <laughs> and, and that's fine right. with me. If if they want to say, I, you know, I do believe Char that it, in in trying to help spirits move on, and I I have a huge package of sage and holy water, and I always try to help spirits move on to a better place. Right, um, but if they don't want to move on you know then okay you can stay as long as you know you don't do anything <laughs> to my family yeah. you know fine we can live together but i i do feel a calling to try to help spirits move on whenever i can
1: yeah i think that i would be doing the same thing but i've kind of avoid even talking to them you know i'm i really talk about stuff that really scares my scares me and uh that uh, the the ghost, I do believe there are several different things, but I have, the way I, where I'm living right now is not haunted. Now, there's all kinds wow. of crazy stuff going on over here, including like the Men in Black and very odd stuff, and I don't want to get yeah. into that, but anyway, very odd, but no ghosts. Thank goodness, but I've lived in many, many, almost every house i ever lived in has been haunted, and the one who actually sees ghosts in the family is my son. So he uh, gets freaked out. He's never comfortable, but you know, he house sits a lot for people. Uh, He's in Chicago right now, but he was up in Beverly Hills and all those areas. He said, mom, all those houses are haunted. They're beautiful, but they're haunted, you know, and can I ask you a question again? Where's Seneca Falls? Uh,
2: Okay. Seneca Falls is um, near Syracuse. Yeah. And it's, Actually, say around, um, I would say it's probably around six hours away from Poughkeepsie.
1: Oh, really? Is you, are you going north? Yeah, that's what I thought, you were going north. Uh, so yeah. I lived near Hyde yeah. Park when I was a kid. You know, Fishkill, Peetskill,
2: and all oh, that. Yeah. So I,
1: yeah. lived all, yeah. I lived in all that yeah. area. Yeah,
2: well, I, uh, so, we actually were off falls for a little bit, and that's near Oh, there. yeah. It's near Beautiful. Beacon. You no, know, that's that yeah, that's
1: a cute little town. Yeah, so, you know, there's some um, beautiful towns up there uh, in New York, and people that don't know New York don't realize it's so much woods and farming mm-hmm. and everything up north. You know, it's beautiful, actually.
2: hmm Oh, definitely. So Definitely. Yeah. You know, you mentioned your okay. son. Um, my eldest daughter, uh, she's uh, 28, and she also can see spirits, but like your son, it does frighten her. And she, you know, that's why on the cover I say we share, uh, you know, a connection, the two of us, with the spiritual realm. But she really tried, she's scared of it. She doesn't want to embrace it. (laughs) But she can (laughs) actually, she has actually spoken to a a young girl who was in her friend's closet. Um, They uh, had found out that years before there had been a serious fire in the home and it had killed the entire family, including a little girl. And they used to always hear crying in their house. And my daughter went in, and she's very sensitive, and she, like I said, she can actually see and and communicate directly with them. And she did communicate with this little girl. But after that, she just, you know, she just shies away from it because it does frighten her. And and so I, I don't, you know...
1: We'll sure anything with
2: it but
1: yeah it's, sex, you know. it's uh it's well it's better to actually uh i wouldn't like go i i really know that there's a lot of uh paranormal investigators that are going into haunted houses and things like that but i think there's another fear of mine because i think uh, i'm more like an empath so it's uh i feel the uh, that there's an emotion there or whatever but uh I don't know. Anyway, I'm not saying I'd never do it, but it's happened so often that, like you said, you're not looking for anybody. They're looking for you. So you might be like a a channeler of some kind, and uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, well, how were you, what was your uh, belief system growing up? How was your your family? So you're a kid in the 50s, right? Yeah. And uh, I was, my
2: family, they were Catholics but I uh, left Catholicism and became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so my belief is, you know, I read my Bible every day. I really enjoy the fact that you have a, a um, biblical reading show. Oh, okay. thanks. Yeah. And uh, I read my Bible every day and I pray. And um, I'm not a church goer. Uh, I I have a hard time with organized religion at this point, but I do yeah. believe in Jesus as being my Savior. And, um, I, you know, I try to live a, a Christian life where, you know, I do unto others as I would want them to do unto me. And so, um, you know, and I, I thank God for all my blessings every day. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's that's Absolutely. my...
1: So you're a Catholic, or you're, and your dad was a police officer, and what did your mom wear? or did she stay home?
2: No, she was a stay-at-home you know, mother. Now, okay. she had, um, which, of course, she didn't discuss because, you know, back then, you know, she'd probably be burned at a stake or something because, you know, you just didn't admit that you were, like, that, you know, you could do ESP, Um But an example of it um, was that, for instance, uh, one time she was talking to the uh, nuns about uh, donating something. And uh, as she was speaking to them, she clearly saw in her her mind uh, the principal nun uh, falling down the stairs. And uh, later on in the day, she hung up the phone. She said, all right, whatever, you know. And later on, she went to the hospital. My grandmother was ill quite often, and she was in the hospital. And lo and behold, she walks in the room, and who's in the bed next to my grandmother but the principal? He had fallen down the stairs.
1: Oh. Wow.
2: It wasn't fun having a mother like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm I'm like your mother, that my kids, uh, when the movie, you know, the series Medium came out, and they said, Mom, this is our life. I was quite startled when they said that to me. I meant, really? Because I did know I kind of knew what everybody was doing all the time, and I knew they hated it, and I felt sorry for my kids. I really did. I went, dang, they can't do anything, get away with it, you know. I knew all their secrets, which was horrible for them. I felt bad, you know, but I still acted on it. Anyway, (laughs) still trying to take care of them, but they said the show meeting reminded uh, them of us, you know, how they were growing up, you know, but uh, I think that uh, my grandmother was to skip my mom, but it did go to my uh, grandmother, who was, her and her husband were from Greece, and uh, oh. that's that side of the family, so they're all Greek Orthodox, so I was really the only kid of my mother's, I'm the oldest, and I was baptized Greek Orthodox, so I have very very uh, it's kind of the same uh, thing as you guys growing up. Oh.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I I my my belief uh at this point in bringing this out is that I just really want to testify that there is a, a true there truly really is a spiritual realm and yes. that um you know people who might be walking around thinking that there is no afterlife and this is it, and so anything goes, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Um, and uh, I think they're going to be very sadly uh, surprised um, when they do depart from the world. And uh, I just really wanted to, I guess, basically come out of the closet because I haven't really spoke much about this, Um, Mm -hmm. and share this. Like, I just didn't feel it would be right for me not to share it, you know, for when it's my time to leave this world to take it with me to the grave. I just thought it was really important. I was able to capture these photographs. um, I I think that they're they're pretty realistic uh, where somebody who might be a skeptic might look at it and they may never admit it, but they might go, whoa, (laughs) you know, this looks pretty pretty uh, real here, you know, and maybe they'll, they'll yeah. give them a uh, second thought about their
1: beliefs, you know? Yes, I think that uh, the same way that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm a Christian, and I'm not going to uh, put my head in the sand about any of this. You know, I'm just going to be myself. That's why uh-huh. I finally decided I'm just going to be myself, uh, and that's it. You know, I'm not going to let anybody barrel beat me or, you know, I've had, uh, spiritual experiences that, uh, actually a lot of mystical experiences. So it's very difficult being like that because, you know, you know, that there's, there's actually a whole thing going on. It's just not, you know, we're going to heaven or anything like that. It's actually Uh things are happening all day, every day, you know, in the air we breathe and that, uh, you know they you call it paranormal, but for we well we know it's probably normal, but we just blocked it out you know from fear Because, right. uh, you know whatever happens to mystics and saints and all those people you know they're not treated very well, Jesus wasn't treated very well, you know oh, and that... uh, I think we go ahead,
2: I'm so glad you brought this up because you 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 definitely are like a mind reader um yeah this you know i i had I had a miracle happen to me. And um, it was a very strange miracle, um, and it actually has, like, three parts to it that took over 20 years. Wow. And, yeah.
1: Tell it tell
2: Okay. Well, it was actually a tooth miracle. Okay, when I I lived in Manhattan, and uh, I was kind of broke, but, you know, I had this very bad tooth. I had this huge gap in, in, in my tooth. And um, growing up, my father always was on you know on us for, to have our teeth taken care of. His whole life he had one cavity. So he really was a really good father and, you know, would bring us to the dentist, have our teeth done. And consequently, I, I, I fear the dentist, to tell you the truth. I, I don't like dentists. But um, but he was really a good father to make sure our teeth were taken care so, of. I'm walking around with this big hole in my tooth, and I'm like, oh, my God, I just, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I'm walking down the block, and all of a sudden I see this poster on a tree, nailed to a tree, and it says, tooth ministry, healing tonight at this church down the block from where I live. I lived in, on 12th Street in Manhattan. So I said, wow, okay, well, why not? I'll go. So I walk in, and it was jam-packed the church. And um, only recently, I actually found this minister. His name is uh, Fuller, Willard Fuller. And he uh, has a website where you can see all his miracles that he has performed. So anyway, so we're all sitting there and waiting, and he comes out, and he, he's just like magical-looking man. He looks like Santa Claus. He has white hair and this, like, robust complexion and just wonderful to look at and pleasant looking smiling and I'm thinking well at least you know he looks good at least this is fun to see him and you know because I really kind of wasn't really believing at that point and so then he said all right everybody just line up and so we're all lining up and I'm thinking gosh what's he going to do and I was getting a little nervous but then I got up to him and he looked at me with this really pleasant smile, and he took his, all he did was take his hands, his palms, on each side of my face and said, In the name of Jesus, be healed. And then he smiled at me, and then I knew I should leave, and I walked away, went back to the studio, and I sat down. and I was like, wow, okay. So nothing happened. I go home, and we had this uh, loft bed, and uh, so I was sleeping up in the loft bed. And we didn't have electricity up there, so we had flashlights to get up and down to go, you know, to the bathrooms at night. And I'm sleeping, and suddenly I just, like, see this man's face in, like, this pillowy cloud, and he's smiling pleasantly like he was in the church. And then I start grinding my teeth, and I feel this, like, metal taste. And I get up, I grab the flashlight, I run downstairs, I, I don't even turn the bathroom light on, I run into the bathroom, I put the flashlight into my mouth, and lo and behold, in my mouth, that hole now has this gold-looking filling, and it's what? totally smooth, it looks like, like the dentist had just put it in, and you just have the lines, so and then you can see that little piece of paper to chew down on so yeah, that the dentist yeah. going, but no, it's totally smooth, so at that time, I was ma- married to someone else. And um, he was just like six foot two Italian. He hears me screaming, and he wasn't a believer at all. He comes running downstairs. He comes running in the bathroom. I still didn't turn the light on. I said, look, and I shined the light in my mouth. He he fainted like he fell back against the wall. Oh
0: my God.
2: <laughs> it <was> so funny. <laughs> I swear, he went, oh, <laughs> like six foot two. Guys. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Well, I'm telling you, it it happened. So that was the first part. So life moves on. I get divorced. I move away. Um, I get remarried, and I'm in San Francisco now, and I go back to school. I decide to go back to school. I have a a young child, my daughter. She's like a teenager. And um, I'm getting ready to go school, San Francisco State University, Um, I had this professor who was um, he was basically an atheist. He hated God. And he, one of the classes, I had him for two classes. Studying the history of San Francisco and medieval studies. Every class in the medieval studies, he would would mock the saints. That's why when you mentioned the saints, He would mock yes. the saints, would make fun of them for doing their, you know, when they would hit themselves for, um, that, that, the word, count, you know, ten. I don't know. He, they would hit themselves ten for ten. their things. Yeah. And, and um, he would mock God. And and here I am. I'm twice the age of all the other students in the class, too. So, you know, I'm feeling a little strange because I'm just returning. And um, I'm walking around getting ready my youngest daughter, who's forced to do um, the daycare there at the school, and all of a sudden, this is 20 years later after the miracle happened, and I, I, what I call is my angel voice in my head, you have to tell the professor about your miracle. <laughs> I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> no way. And then I keep walking around getting ready. You must. You must tell the professor about how your truth was skills. And I'm like, no, no, I can't. I can't. Not him. No, no, never, ever. I can't tell him. And then he says, you must. So then I said, okay. And I decide, like, I'm going to make a deal with God, right? I said, Mm -hmm. "Um, okay. And this is all in my head. I'm not talking out loud, okay? So um, in my head I said, all right, if someone comes up to me and says, poof, In the next five minutes, I'll do it. And I'm walking around thinking, ha ha, you know, nothing's going to happen. All of a sudden, out of the room walks my youngest daughter, four years old. She pokes me, Mommy. She opens her mouth, Poop. Okay. Are you there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I said, I got the chills. Go ahead.
2: I, I looked. I said, oh, no, no, because I thought, okay, well, now I've got to do it because otherwise I'm going to become like Jonah and end up in a whale yeah. somewhere and being spit up in front of the <laughs> professor, okay? So yeah. then I'm like, oh, my God, now I've got to tell this guy. Now, this guy was rough and rough. He hated everybody. He hated the school. He mocked the school. He said it was garbage. He said that, you know, he came from an Ivy League school. I mean, he was just angry all the time, okay? And he yelled at us yeah. like we were in garden. So I go up to him after class. I said, oh, excuse me, but um, I'd like to make an appointment. so you know my office hours. Just come and sit outside. Said, all right. So I'm like, this is this is unbelievable because I had him for two <laughs> classes and he was a really tough grader on top of it, okay? So oh, I'm sitting outside, sticks his head out, come in. I go in. I, this is, I, I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what I said. I looked at him, I, and he had this like mean look on his face. I looked at him. I said, look, I don't want to be here. I'm only here because... God is making me. I said, I have to tell you a story about a healing and a miracle that happened. and that's why I'm here to, and that's why I'm here to tell you this and I told him the whole story about my tooth. I told him about my daughter saying tooth that made me have to come and tell him this and then when I was done I looked at him I said, that's all I got to say okay and, he went, and it was the first time I ever saw this man not talk, because he always, you know, was blabbing off things, and his mouth looked like it was hitting the floor, his eyes were wide open, he probably thought I was going to, like, probably stab him or something, you know what I mean? Because he hated (laughs) God, and here I am telling God, sending me. And I said, that's it, goodbye. And I got up, and I walked out. Oh, my God. (laughs) You believe it? So, you know, if you have a miracle, it's great, but... You know, God may come a-calling later on. <laughs> right. So,
1: Meaning you'll have to tell your story later on. So how did this affect him?
2: Oh, uh, he kept his distance, honestly. I, when I walked <laughs> into the room, he, his eyes were like that kind of light, and he kind of stepped back, and he like turned, you know. He definitely kept his distance. I ended up getting a B-minus in the medieval and a B in the history of San Francisco. So I don't know, you know, if that was good or bad as far as he was concerned. But I just, I couldn't believe that I had to go and tell him this. He was like the (laughs) last person in the world you would want to tell that story to.
1: You're witnessing to uh, to a miracle. So what was part Uh three of the story?
2: That was... Well, the part one was a miracle. The part two was my daughter coming up and telling me. Oh, yeah. Was True. was telling him. Because she was four years old, and she just, you know, all of a sudden just walked out. I mean, what is she, why is she coming?
1: Well, out of the mouths up? of babes. You know, that's what they say a baby had to tell you, you know. And exactly. uh, I think that we don't know the outcome of what happened to him, but, uh, of course, I've had many professors, especially one that's on my mind. He was very atheistic. You know, and uh, he would never give me a a even though I did uh, extra work or whatever. I could never get an A out of that guy, and uh, because he had us reading uh, a very much socialist stuff and all that, and he was really into actually the Russian way of life. And uh, I thought he was very innocent, that he didn't know what he's talking about, you know. And uh, okay. finally, he always he, he I never told him what kind of Christian I was, you know. But I would actually speak up. I was like the only one that would speak up, uh, and I was a Christian, so once in a while I have to say something to him. But the one I said to him, because he said that there was no such thing, and so I said, you know, professor, I have to ask you a question. If there's 200 people in this group, 100 of them were looking out the left and saw a, a gorilla walk by with a refrigerator. I said, uh, and the other half were looking out the other window and didn't see a dang thing. Does that mean it wasn't there? <laughs> That's and, uh, great. So I got like I like gotta be over that. So he really didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> because I'm logical <laughs> on top of of being um, a Christian, you know, some logic on top of it. So anyway, that was okay. At least I got my degree. That's- but um but when you're up I, against well- people like that, I don't I, I, I don't like confrontation either. I don't really wanna faithful and you know if they're thinking a certain way just let them think that way you know but once in a while you have to say your miracle so uh i'm just happy that you wrote the book and that it's going to be down for uh as your legacy you know because it's time to you have so much to share you know it's time to get this stuff out here so uh actually in chapter two i was reading that you were uh like at the age of 11, and uh, I remember the gargoyles outside in New York up on the buildings and all that, too. But you said that you found this box and there was a game in it. Do you want to tell us uh, about what happened after oh. that? Or Tell us a oh, story. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I uh, um, I had an older sister, and um, so before I saw the apparition, Um, I had gone into the closet in our room, and, you know, I was a little kid, and I saw this box, and back then, you know, we had games in a box. And so I pulled the box out and um, opened it up and thought it looked interesting, but after I touched it for a few moments, it really scared me, and then I just, Put it all back and inside, you know, all the pieces back, and, about, and I shoved it back into the closet and threw whatever was over it, over it, and never went near it again. And it ended up being a Ouija board. Later on, I realized that it was a Ouija board, and um, so consequently, I, I you know, I, I just stay away from those. I just they frighten me. And um, but shortly after that, I believe is when I did see this. Uh, Apparition of this man, but who I sometimes think it could have been the man who lived in the house prior to us moving in. He had, been, and he, I believe he had died in the apartment. Uh, he had been a world traveler, and so what he would do is he would hammer a nail in the wall every time he came back with a souvenir. So the whole apartment was covered with nails when we moved in. And so my parents ended up ripping the walls out and putting up these wall boards, and yeah. I have a feeling maybe he wasn't too happy with that, <laughs> you know, so I think maybe that apparition could have been him i don't you know I can't confirm it, but uh yeah so so I, how did it I wonder, pe- how
1: did it appear to you when you were looking at it what it, what did it look like
2: okay, I opened my eyes I sense something was like over me yeah you, you know when you know how you feel when you feel yes. I woke right. up and right over me I see this tall thin man leaning over me he had whitish hair he had a very long thin face um, he was just like ashy white looking and he had on like an old looking long coat that like went to say like the middle of your thigh and like white um shirt. Sure. And when I looked at him I, I went Wah! and I just screamed my head off and I jumped up and in my room the door wasn't like a normal door. It was one of those kind of bamboo sliding doors that had a magnet on the end and it swung on the other side. I literally Yeah, went I, I and, remember that. Yeah. Screaming for my father there's a man in my room, and of course he jumps up and runs inside, and of course he didn't see anything and uh, just told me to go back to bed but um yeah he was he, he was uh he really scared the daylights out of me, and that was the first time I experienced seeing an apparition um and uh, i've I've seen um a few of them um you know physical operations, uh, but uh, that was the beginning, really, of, I guess, my experiences with the paranormal, and I do believe it started after finding that Ouija board, and uh, uh, also, too, I, unfortunately, as a child, was told to go wake up my great-great-grandfather, and I discovered that he was dead, so that was oh, another kind of, yeah, during, you know, I was there, right, Wake up! Wake up! You know, you know, you're a kid. You don't think somebody's dead. So uh, right. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what happened there, and that that kind of like went by. Uh, you know, it happened, and then I kind of just, you know, moved on. But uh, the next thing that happened to me was that miracle, and then after with the truth and then after that, when I got to California. Uh, Well, right before I got to California, actually, um, after my father had died, and um, I was very depressed, and I was living alone in this small apartment. And um, I was lying in bed, and once again, I got that same type of feeling that I had when I saw that apparition when I was a child. And I sat up, and I looked over into the, the corner of the room in the door frame, and there was this tall, thin figure who had long hair down to the shoulders. They were in a white garment robe that was all the way to the floor with long, flowy, tight sleeves. And for some reason, you know, I, I wasn't afraid. I, I just looked at it because I just felt this beauty, like this peace coming from this figure, the spirit. And I just sat in bed staring at it, and then it started slowly gliding across the floor. And I'll never forget, as it was, it was coming towards me, as it was coming towards me, its robe was just swaying back and forth. And I was kind of mesmerized by this whole, you know, vision yeah. But he got. It was definitely I man. The closer he got to me, then, of course, I started getting nervous. And I shut my eyes because I, I felt like he was right on top of me. And I kind of, you know, tightened my eyes and closed them. And then I felt this warmth on my hand, And then I heard, you are not alone. And then I opened my eyes, and he was gone. And wow. I always kept a pen and a pencil or a pen by my side because I always liked to write poems as a kid and so it just became a habit to me. So I had a paper there and pen and I wrote down what happened because I figured if I fall asleep and I wake up, I'm not going to, I'm going to think I dreamt it. And so that's exactly what I did and sure enough the next day I woke up and there it was, the whole story written out, what had happened. So um, That was, uh, I really believe that was an angel, some kind of an angel, because I was very depressed.
1: Well, comforting you. And uh, did you ever have dreams about your father after he passed?
2: Yes. I, I actually woke up once. My face was stained with tears, and I dreamt he was holding me. And I was crying in his arms, telling him how much I missed him. And then I woke up, and my my face was covered in tears.
1: Yeah, I, I believe he came to see you, you know, and was trying to help you. Um, what did your dad believe about the afterlife?
2: You know, it was never discussed. It was never discussed in my family. Um, the only person who ever anything about the afterlife uh, with my aunt when she got she was kind of funny when she uh, she was living in one of those um, homes where you know elderly people go to live but it was independent living you know and uh, so she had a a friend who who had died and uh, she said one day she was in her living room sitting there and she looked up and she saw this person walking through her house, and she said, "Hey, what are you doing in my apartment?" It <laughs> was this woman who had died. <laughs> so she, you know, she told me she saw her. So that was the only person who ever said anything in my family about, um, you know, the afterlife. But you know, she was like feisty, you know, and she, she was like annoyed that the woman was walking around in her apartment
1: <laughs> more than. Telling a ghost (laughs) off I was like She must have been quite a lady It's just funny (laughs) Get the hell out of here What are you doing (laughs) I've never heard of a ghost thrown out before But well Anyway so you know you go on to um, You know you've just had such an interesting life And I don't know why you were traveling so much You know uh, You actually lived in North Hollywood, California And I actually lived there when I was a kid, believe it or not. we have lived in all these similar places. It's just odd. Um, wow. so I know weird, so anyway, okay. so you go on to in the just just chapter uh, of talking about hauntings in North Hollywood, and this oh, is wow. famous area for hauntings, really the area you're talking about oh wow,
2: it was I lived in this small apartment complex with my oldest daughter, who then was around four years old, and uh, we lived in a small apartment, and so we had an alcove in the apartment where we, we actually, I put a bunk bed, or I slept on the bottom, she slept on the top, and um, this place really was very haunted. Um, I would hear her, my daughter, laughing and giggling in the middle of the night. And I'd be like, "What is she doing?" You know, she's like four or five years old. And so then I would quickly jump out of bed, look up, and then she'd have her head down sleeping. And I and I and I just thought it was odd. And I thought, well, maybe she was dreaming. Well, years later, she told me that a little boy would come to her in the middle of the night and play with her. And that's wow. why she was laughing. Yeah. Yeah, that's and
1: scary so, to me.
2: Yeah, and so and then I would find um, strange things. I was like, we were both blonde, so and she, you know she was four her hair was thin at the time, and <clears throat> so I would find, well, and we lived alone. I would find long black, thick strands of hair in the sink. I had no idea where that came from. Then. Um, in the middle of the night my music box would start playing at around 3 o'clock I would get phone calls in the middle of the night I'd answer the phone and it sounded like very intense static static, like it was in a tunnel and then I I would just hang up then I would hear chanting and Gregorian music playing now I lived on the first floor and there was no basement. And one night, I got down on my hands and knees and put my head to the floor, and it was coming from underneath the apartment. Um, it was so loud that my upstairs neighbor once said to me, Uh, do you hear that, uh, you know, Gregorian music and that chanting? And he was kind of looking at me like, hmm, is that you doing that? Because I was his downstairs neighbor. And, you know, it was coming from beneath the floor of my apartment. And I told him, you know, what was happening. And, you know, he was quite, you know, kind of freaked out by it because when he realized I wasn't doing it, and I told him I could hear it coming from underneath, from the dirt underneath the, the floorboards, um, you know, that was quite uh, shocking. But then um, what was uh, – so many things happened. It, it's so bizarre. I, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and my hand would be lifted up in the air as if a puppet master was, had my hand on a string. And it would just be dangling – I'm just going to sound strange, stranger – around, and it would be going around around, circling around my breast. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I would wake up and, I mean, can you imagine? I would be you terrified
1: if I saw that. You know? I
2: was. I, you know, oh, I boy. was. It, 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 I did have a church come to uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it just it didn't help. It, and, and they brought, like, it was kind of funny. They brought like twenty people with them, and I, I had a small, you know, apartment. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it didn't do anything. So um, then the final thing. Oh, and then we would see we would see little colored lights zooming around the the room. My daughter and I both would see these, and we had blinds, so there was nothing coming through the windows. And plus, it was like kind of like dead block. There was a business across from me that was closed at night and uh, the opposite me on the other side was a school that would be closed. So there was nothing, you know? And these little colored lights would be zooming around the room. And um, it, it, was, it, it affected me so much that at the time I created a little like, cartoon comic book
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I didn't even realize it Later on, I realized that it impacted me so much that on each cartoon page in the background on the wall, I had all these different colored lights because it was so, wow. you know, in my mind. Yeah. But I guess the topper was this. Um, we had a neighbor, his name was Sam, very nice man. He was a retired Air Force pilot, and one day in North Hollywood, he, he used to He was, you know, very sociable with his friends and stuff. And he went out to lunch with them. And on his way back from lunch, unfortunately, he died in a tragic car accident. And um, around a week week later, I was lying in bed sleeping. And, again, I got that sense that I got before that something was in the room. And I looked over and I had this little kitchenette area, and there's Sam sitting in my ch- in one of my kitchen chairs, just, like, smirking at me. <laughs> and I said, Sam, <laughs> you know? And with that, he started to get up, and he looked like he was jumping in the air, like he was going to land on top of me. And I screamed, and I covered my head, and then I looked, and he was gone. And so that was, you know, another time where I I saw a full apparition. But I'll never forget it. I'll never forget his expression. He just had this, like, smile, like, smirky smile, you know. It wasn't mean or anything. It was just like, ha-ha, look at me. I'm in your apartment looking at you. (laughs) You know, that type of look Oh my goodness. So So he
1: anyway. So, so really yeah. that was recent after the he was recent killed. Pardon me? That happened that happened pretty really close to when he was killed.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. After. It was about a week died. Mhm. Yeah. wow.
1: Well, did you, did, yeah. did you feel anything? Was he was just being him, or did you feel any fears seeing him at first? Or
2: I was shocked. He was. You see, the thing was this: he was a very nice man. If he had been like a mean man, I would have been really scared seeing him. You know, but he was right. a very nice. And so the way he was smiling at me, it was like. He looked like, haha! Look at me! I'm looking at you! I'm in your apartment here, you know. And it was like, mm-hmm. like, i like like, funny, like he was having fun. You know? And yeah. it, it just. But then when he jumped, he he looked like he was flying in the air towards me, and and that scared me. And that's when I screamed. Hi. Him, and then he just. Scared. But um, after that, I just decided it, it was. It was time to move uh, out of there. So, yeah. uh, We left there. And, uh, um, but, you know, California really, like you said, I believe it's very haunted, California.
1: Yeah, just every apartment I've lived in, it doesn't matter if it was beach, inland, or, you know, I've lived uh, all over the place. And it's just the same way. As a matter of fact, in San Francisco, I was uh my um my I used to go up there in Vallejo to see my aunt and uncle and they both passed since then. They were constantly trying to make me take a boat across the water and I said, Well, why aren't you taking the boat? Why are you trying to make me do it? <laughs> and I I remember looking down at the water, I went, This isn't right. I said, Not only is this water not right, I said, This whole land isn't right and then my aunt looked at me, she said, It's so odd that you say that. She said, This is all manufactured people put this land around here and made this, uh, you know, it's all like off the labor in the backs of people that were actually stolen uh, from other countries oh, and they, they died in the Barbary coast, you know what I mean? They, and I felt their souls crying. It was very uncomfortable for me up there. I can't move. As beautiful as that place is, San Francisco is like a gem. You think of it as a big sprawling city, but it's like a gem of a city. It's beautiful. No place to park, Aww. but it's beautiful. But uh, anyway, but I have that horrible depression feeling up there, and if all the souls are crying out, I could feel them. They don't know where they are or why they're still stuck there.
2: Oh, they need help. They, they buried
1: oh, them I'm where even... they dropped. Let's say they worked to death, and they just buried them right where they were, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on back then. You Aww. know, so I don't know how you show I... up towards that area, but I just feel it, find it very depressing, as much as I like it.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. um, You know, there were times where, especially in Sacramento, um, where I would cry, because I could feel their pain. I would find myself crying. I mean, you know, um, here, in Seneca Falls, um, I've actually have felt a very strong connection to the spirits of Native Americans which once again yes. I walked well, fine. <laughs> My husband's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I just feel so badly sometimes <laughs> you know and you know, I just I, I just feel a, a heaviness sometimes and
1: um yeah. really took- you're you right that area. When I was a kid, see I go up there in uh in the woods. So wherever I lived there was woods. So uh, they didn't know what I was doing You know, back then I don't think uh, Well, my parents were watching me So I would take off and go to the woods And I would actually adapt to nature out in the woods And I would stay there all day You know, I would have not have come back uh, I would get in trouble I not want them to come looking for me You know, because uh, I had been able to walk through the forest And I remember thinking I'm turning into an Indian they can walk through here without any sound, and I learned how to do it. Walk through without any sound, and when you're like that, you see all kinds of animals coming out, everything from snakes to salamanders to, you know, when you're quiet, they, they will come out and go around you. You know what I mean? But if you're noisy and just tramping through, you know, they run, you know? So uh, oh, yeah. I really identified with the Indian presence in the woods when I was a kid. I actually wanted to sleep out there, but my uh-huh. my parents wouldn't let me. And so, uh, you know, I I really wanted to be just stay out there. Yeah, it's
2: really beautiful. I could go really deep, deep in the
1: woods. It's beautiful.
2: Mhm. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I I really feel I had another miracle once when I I lived in Queens. Um, I was walking down the block, and again, this was after my father's death. Um, I yes. was walking down the block, and suddenly sparrow started flying towards me, and I put up my hand instinctively because I've always had parakeets in my house, Mm -hmm. and this sparrow landed on my finger.
1: Oh, my God.
2: And I was (laughs) on my way to work. Uh, There was an L that I took into Manhattan, and I'm walking down the block with this sparrow on my finger.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. He stayed with you?
2: Yeah, and it stayed on my finger, and I was looking at it. I was in shock, and all I could think was, thank you, Dad. I just felt my father sent me a blessing, you know, because it was such a blessing to me to have this wildlife creature sitting on my finger. And so the only thing was I had to go to work, and so I found a bush, a a, a tall bush that I could Mm -hmm. put my finger into and have it jump off of. But can you believe that? I mean, uh, I, that's like you're it's,
1: it's uh, oh, gonna think this so is nice. freaky, but I actually went into my front yard one time. I was in Hermosa Beach, and uh, there was this oh. bird up in the tree, and he seemed like he was looking at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I started, you know, I started talking to it too, because I always kind of had birds. This bird flew out of the tree and landed on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was frozen Because I could feel him walking around on my head I'll never forget that (laughs) feeling You know what I mean Then it did something beautiful Because I just had uh, I had watered the lawn It's something I'd never seen a bird do right in front of me Because I've had a lot of kinship with uh, animals and birds And Uh uh, It got in the wet grass And it was rolling It was showing me its little stomach and everything It was rolling around in the grass and I remember I my heart was just singing to watch Aww. this. If one landed on my finger and I was walking me down the street, I don't know if I could make it. You know, I'd be balling. You know, so what? it's I, mean, it's,
0: I, I think
1: I, there's I, something going on here.
2: Yes, definitely. And you know, <laughs> this is a blessing. You know, like it's like there. These are blessings that you know people have to realize there are so many blessings that are out there for them to enjoy, you know, like nature, you know, free yeah. things that are there to uplift their spirits, to to make them see beauty and feel loved, you know, and appreciated, you know? And I mean, and, and it, it, you got to stop, like they say, and, and, you know, smell the flowers or whatever that expression is, because it's so true. The other day, I, I sat out on the side of stoop here, and this, this, we have a lot of stray cats that walk around here. And this stray cat, actually, I keep some cat food on hand in case one wants mm-hmm. to eat, And I, I ran inside, got the food, put it out there, and uh, I don't think I really liked it that much. It ate a little bit of it, of stuff, but that's mm-hmm. the best I had. And I gave it some water, and then I sat on the side of the house, And it came over to me, and it started like, you know, like bumping its head into my leg, you know, doing all that. And I was like, oh, my God. And then the funniest thing happened. The cat just kind of laid down by my feet, and all of a sudden, all these little birds came and flew into the tree right above my head. And all of them started going, looking at me. like, Yeah, they're talking to you. What are you doing with that cat,
1: you know? It was the
2: funniest thing. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? You know,
1: We're we're talking about, really, we're really talking about the spiritual realm and the joy that you can feel once you start connecting with the, the animal world, and the, the animals give me a lot of comfort. I mean, really, you uh-huh. know, I've had them, they come up to me and they look at me like wild birds will come and look at me and tell me, can we have some food now? They come up to the door and they look at me with the little heads and they do this little chirp and I, okay, you guys want food, I'll I'll come out, you know, and, uh, you know, I've got to get near to the country, really, you know, because the world can stress you out. And if you don't have something green around you, you don't have the animal spirit around you, it uh, can be quite stressful. Really. That's what I find.
2: And you got to stop and just look around. Look up at the sky. Look at the stars. Look at the moon. Take a deep breath, you know? And yeah. And just bring it into your heart. Bring it into your soul, you know? It's out there. You, It's there, and it's free. You know, you don't have yeah. to pay for it, but you don't have to worry about the, you know, getting a bill at the end. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, that's and, right. Um,
2: you know, you got to get in touch with nature, I believe, in order to really get in touch with yourself. And yes. But anyway, but um, you know, so I mean, speaking of animals, so one of the stars of my book, um,
1: is yes, I was Poppy. just bringing that up. Go ahead. Yeah. and
2: Thank you. um, I, who I call Poppy the Ghost Watcher. Um, He, we had adopted him from the San Francisco uh, SPCA. Um, He was actually a papillon, and it it was funny because my husband had said to me, uh, I I used to listen to this talk show where they would uh, announce adoptions of animals, and the week before they had a dachshund. And And I said, oh, I want to get that dachshund. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want any dogs. The only dog I'll consider would be a Papillon. That's a butterfly-eared dog. And I was like, well, wow. oh, okay. Well, wouldn't you know it, the next week they had a Papillon.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. So I was
2: like, oh, okay, Aha. So I, my daughter and I, we went there uh, down to the SPCA before it even opened. We were standing there at the door. And so that's where we got poppies. And I believe he was uh, had, like, a spiritual haunting because a lot of the pictures in the book show him. with. This, well, I sent you that. Did you, you saw that yeah, picture saw. of him. with? Oh, yeah. Three, three.
1: I posted it so listeners can watch it.
2: It's amazing. It's like I said in the book. You know, I know the skeptics are out there, and they're like, oh, that's a bug. Well, like I said in the book, if it was a bug, Poppy would have eaten it.
1: Was that yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a <laughs> No, was we just, well, animals see spirits, and uh, they, they you know, we've heard pretty uh, a lot of uh, horrible uh, animal hauntings, you know what I mean, that um, the animals weren't happy or, you know, there was bad juju around and, and uh, scared, you know, but I, I believe that, uh you're actually in touch with the spirit world and soul's poppy, you know? I think it's something about you and your family. Um, do, you, okay, do you believe these spirits want attention, maybe?
2: Yes, I do. That's why I started taking pictures of them, you know? Right. I, I really do. I, I really do. Um, uh, I mean, I I... I Yeah, I I feel like I have a couple of spirits here that um, are, you know, in this house. Uh, One of them, I believe, is Miss uh, Sackett, who this area over here is called the Sackett District, and she was quite remarkable. She was a woman in the 1800s who built a house, which was very unusual back then. And um, I actually had a pretty horrible dream when we first moved in here. And I believe it was her, but um, I made peace with her. I I went out of my way to make peace with her. And ever since then, um, everything is between us. And, I mean, I'll do things like I'll actually play classical music for her, you know, when I leave the room. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. um, I, I really do believe this is her house. And, you know, she built it. And... Uh, I'm just glad that he's decided to be a piece. And I also went out and got this really beautiful statue of a woman from the 18th century. Um, it's around, I guess, two and a half feet tall, but it's really beautiful, and it's holding a baby. And um, I, I dedicated it to her. I said, "I guess this is for you." And so, um, ever since she, I guess she's checked me out. And she sees that I'm okay, gets in her book, and so you know she hasn't done anything or invaded my dreams because the first one (laughs) was I was like, hey, come on, give me a break, (laughs) you know, and and so I'm just glad I came, you know, to peace with her. Um, So, uh, but as far as I I do believe the spirits want attention, and and I believe some of them want help too because I have gotten attention. Uh, I have gotten that feeling where they wanted attention, and then I, I do go and I pray to God and ask for Michael the Archangel to come and help them move on to a better place, and I do feel them leaving. You know, I do feel them leaving, and you know, I think a lot of them are just scared, and maybe they know that I'm going to do that and help them, so maybe that's what brings them in, but as long as you know, they're peaceful, I'm happy, but again, in Sacramento, California, you know, I mean, I was getting the kind that was saying, get out. You know? Dang. I woke up one
1: night uh, sensing
2: something, and I rolled over, and sure enough, there was this big black tape thing standing over my bed, and I just looked at it, and I guess by now, I had just had so many experiences I didn't even get scared I just said go away
1: and you I rolled did. over
2: on my, and it
1: went away. We used to be petrified of that black cape guy and uh, me and my sisters would see him now this was upstate state New York when this happened and we even named him you know we used to call him um, DJ <laughs> and we thought he was we called him DJ. And we'd be looking at him and I said, okay, do you see his hat? And you know, he's a black belt. We'd be discussing him because we we're trying to check with each other. Imagine the kids. There's a, there's a, you know, I have three sisters. So we'd be discussing this, the first three. We'd be discussing it amongst ourselves, you know, what he looks like. You know, okay, I see it. That, you know, I see the hat in the caveman. I said, are you sure you saw it? They go, yeah, I said, we're seeing the same thing. So we called him DJ. <laughs> So this guy shows up a lot of places. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've heard it over and over. This black cloak man. But he scared me. For some reason, I'm not sure if he was a man or what he was, but a very tall and a black cape. Yeah,
2: and you couldn't see his face because the hood... No, I never saw his face. Yes, the hood came down.
1: Yeah, the hood came down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was uh, so... In your house that you're living in now, now that, you said it was 150 years old. Is there, is there like secret rooms and cubby holes or anything like that?
2: Well, <laughs> An old house like that? Actually, no, it's pretty well laid out. But what is kind okay. of spooky is that in the back of the house is a big carriage house where they used to keep yes. horses. Now, that's spooky. And um, when my daughter came here, my eldest daughter came to visit, uh, she was kind of, she does get a little excited at times to do something. You know, as long as she doesn't have to do it all the time. And I said, hey, you want to go up to the second floor in the carriage house and check it out? And she said, oh, yeah, because, you know, I'm her mom, and she's in California, so she knows, like, you know, I'm into this basically. And so we went up there, and I, I do have a couple pictures of that. Um, and we're on the second floor, and suddenly she looks over, she just points and goes, take a picture there. And I took a picture, and sure enough, there's this big, huge orb, and you can kind of see this, like, dark figure behind it. And um, so the carriage house, that has, like, little spooky like, corners and stuff. But... Uh, the, you know, the house itself, I find it to be very pleasant. I'm quite happy, I mean, considering how oh, old cool you know.
0: Yeah. And, and
2: I do, don't forget, I do have a big bundle of sage on hand. So I have yes. several times, you know, blessed the house. And, you know, my husband will go out and come back and, oh, I smell your sage in the house. I'm like, yes, I did, you know. Because there are times where I feel something kind of trying to get in here and I just blow it out, you know, the window, you know, and, uh, and then the, the piece is back in again. But um, the, this whole neighborhood, like when I used to walk Poppy early in the morning, like you could just kind of see misty things forming and um, there's this, uh, they're going to be rebuilding this uh, huge woman's national museum. Like, within a block from where I live. and oh, nice. Um, yeah. And uh, it, uh, that was the old Seneca Falls knitting mill. So I have no doubt, like, there's tons of ghosts running around there, you know?
1: <laughs> right.
2: But that's really old, and it's right on the water, you know, the um, Seneca Lake.
1: How so, did you uh, uh, decide to move there and then move back east?
2: Um. You know, I've been told that I shouldn't tell this story, uh, that I well, should make a nice story. Why? This is who I am. I can't oh, – I'm not going to tell a lie. Okay, this is what yeah. I did. We were going to move from California, and uh, I wanted to move back to New York. because you know, I'm from New York, and I just felt the calling to move back here. And my youngest daughter, she just started college, like, this past year. She's in community college. And so – I uh, started watching different shows, but I've never, I'm not a traveler. I've never really traveled. The only way I travel is when I move. I move someplace, that's it. That's my traveling. Yeah, that's me so, too, yeah. You know, and so I was watching this, like, I think it was um, either Dateline about this murder. And uh, it, it took place in Santa in Claus. Um, and uh, this guy was a real piece of work. Um, he, he just was awful, on. He actually also murdered a wife in California, too, uh, which he got oh away boy. with. it. But after he ended up getting caught for doing it here, then they decided to send him back to California and charge him with his first wife's murder. But mm-hmm. while I was watching that show, they showed Seneca Falls. And they showed, like, you know that um, movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. Um, well, supposedly, Seneca Falls. They, they claim Frank Kaffer came here, and he based that movie on Seneca Falls. They even wow. have it's a it's a Wonderful Life museum. Every year they have, and it, it's a Wonderful Life run, 5K run. Um, it's a, it's a the supposed it's a Wonderful Life where Jimmy Stewart jumps off the bridge is right here right out near my house, like you can walk over to get into the downtown. So it looked beautiful, the area. And that's how huh. I found out about Seneca Falls, by seeing it on that show. And so whenever somebody asks me, oh, how did you come? You moved to Seneca Falls? Unfortunately, I got to Well, a
0: connected there
2: was a murder. And they're like, what? And especially the people here, they're like, oh, could you please say something else? I'm like, What oh, I can't. Happen, I'm sorry <laughs> So and It's a nice place You know, it's a nice place uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here And uh, it is kind of cool About the women's movement And Frederick Douglass uh, You know Was here and um, it, it, It's it's a very historic And we live in a historic district So it's, it's, it's cool I mean, you know, for a kid from the Bronx You know, it's quite different yeah. From growing up in, you know, Brick City. Well, that's yeah, right in
0: I the city.
2: On, yeah. Or, you know, I lived in the six on the sixth floor, no elevator. <laughs> you know, nowadays it's I think illegal to not have an elevator if you have, if you have more than five floors of an apartment building. So, you know, to me this is heavenly. You know.
1: Yes, yeah, it sounds city, like. it. And,
2: uh, you know, yeah. Again, with the animals. We have a little bunny rabbit that runs around here. And the other day, I went out to go to the carriage house. He was sitting in the middle of the lawn chewing on some grass. He just looked at me. I walked <laughs> by. He looked at me, he chewed on his grass. I came back out. He was sitting there. He looked at me. He didn't run away, you know? It's just yeah. nice. We're running around, you know. To me, it's, it's right. amazing. But, um, it and it is, you know, there is, there's definitely haunting here. I know that the... Uh, Historic museum here had gotten written up for having uh, some kind of hauntings going on in there, and been going in there to um, you know check it out. Um, but for me, I, I don't need to go anywhere uh, except for my house and right in front. I have uh, in the book this huge orb that I caught on the sitting on the sidewalk. And in the center of it is the, you could see this woman's face, and she's just this like beautiful woman. And I mean, the orb looks like it's like I don't know, maybe 20 and a half feet by 20 and a half. It's huge. It's like the biggest orb I've ever seen. Um, and so there's definitely a there's definitely a lot of stuff going on here because it, it, there's definitely a lot of uh, spirits walking around here. Um,
1: yeah, there would be yeah do you find yeah. that even their forest uh because a lot of these forests were actually would be involved in a kind of a spiritualist i know the uh, it sounds like to me the spiritualist movement went through there too, because my family on the, that's my mom's side my mom was born in uh Kipsey, New York, but I was born in boston and but uh New York has a few phenomena of in the woods too they talk about it that there's oh, yes. you know, spirits or wood, something, and uh, I never felt that out there. I always felt – I must have had a garden angel because I literally would spend morning of the there.
2: I'm sure you do. Uh, I'm sure you do. So well,
1: know you know that, that.
2: – Yes. Yeah. But you know that the Native Americans, um, I, I guess because of the severe winters and they couldn't dig in the ground – I had read somewhere where they would actually put the dead in trees. Have you ever heard that?
1: No, but how interesting.
2: Yeah. And what's interesting is we have these really great, and by the way, we don't own them, but it's great. We get to look at them. I guess it's part of this other property. Um, they're these huge walnut trees, huge, gigantic. The squirrels just love them. And um, I have taken pictures of outside at night, and I have captured very significant-looking orbs in the trees. Big, not like little tiny bugs or anything. They're definitely spirit orbs. And I often wonder if that, you know, from when, But this, of course, Seneca, you know, this is Native American here, um, and there's a big Cayuga nation still here as a matter of fact in Seneca Falls um, uh, but I also wonder if those spirit orbs were from those Native Americans who had been put up in the trees
1: right so if uh, you know I think they also did uh, they would bury them under stones too so you've got kind of stone mounds too with it too so it's uh, it's very interesting, and you really have to hold that sacred because uh, they the Native Americans believe in the life or the afterlife so much. I think that a harm could come to a person that runs up against this kind of thing because I do believe oh, in the spirit and in the afterlife, the spiritual here that some spiritual stays here, especially the people that were part of the land. Uh huh.
2: Oh, definitely. Yes, I do, and that's why I, you know, make sure that I let the spirits know that I'm sorry for what has happened in the past. It breaks my heart, you know. Yeah, you know me about. too. Um, <clears throat> like in Dublin, California, where um, I, I talk about how happy, you know, a dog was really, haunted there terribly uh as a matter of fact i have a cartoon i don't know if you saw this at the blog um where it shows poppy literally sitting on my head um (laughs) when we lived in dublin california um he, he was small he was a small dog so you would think oh he's a lap dog and i used to try to put him on my lap you know oh let me put my dog on my lap well he would jump off of it and look at me like what are you doing like he was this macho dog You know, little dog. But when we moved to Dublin, suddenly, the minute I would walk in the house, he'd be scratching my legs, like going, trying to climb up my legs. Then I would pick him up. He would jump on my shoulder, and then bury himself around my neck and like stick his head in my hair. And I thought, he's hiding. Yeah, something is going on here. And so um, I, that's when I started to take pictures, um, especially because I got a digital camera where I was so happy that I could take as many pictures as I wanted to and I didn't have to pay for them to get developed. You know, that was like, wow. Good point. And so, you, you know, because mm-hmm. when you're taking pictures, what you think it's a spirit, in, it's kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going to take this picture. Now I'm going to have to pay for something that I don't even know if there's going to be something on it, you know? And so once right. I got my digital, I went camera crazy taking pictures. So I started taking pictures in Dublin, and um, sure enough, I had plenty of things on there. Um, you could see kind of evil faces, um, almost like like a, a dove, like – in one, um, you could see like outlines of like almost like a family standing in another. Um, And then uh, the chapter is called A New Lease or Leash on Life because when I would come home, um, I would go to take Poppy out for a walk and I would get his leash and it right in the center of the leash would be an affinity knot. One of those complicated knots. Yes. And I, how did what is this? It would be right in the middle. And so I had been telling my husband and my daughter that you know I thought that there was paranormal. Now my youngest daughter, she just rolls her eyes around in her head. Oh please, you know, like <laughs> she doesn't want to hear it. You know anything about paranormal? She doesn't. She's not. She doesn't believe it. She, you know. So she would look at me, and I'd say, did you do this? Because I thought they were making, like, a, putting a joke, you know, on me, trying to pull one on me. And they both would say, no, we didn't do that. And so then I would try to take the knot out, and it was very complicated and hard to take it out, and then I'd finally get it out. And then, again, I'd come home the next day, and there was the affinity knot right in the center of the leash. You
1: mean the one that and looks so, like a figure eight?
2: Yes. Yeah, that's no a very complicated
1: no... knot. You're right. Wow.
2: Exactly. I mean... And it was right, perfectly in the center of the leash. So this is when Poppy started clawing at my legs, a dog who wouldn't even go on my lap. And um, and so then I was in the um, I was brushing my hair, looking at you know in the mirror in the bathroom, and I had this bottle sitting on the van, on the counter. And I used to keep my hair bands on the neck of the bottom. And Mm -hmm. so suddenly, and the window was closed. There was no air conditioner, no fan, nothing in there. I look down, and I see the rubber band, the hair band, lifting up in the air, going down. Lifting up, going down. It it did it like times and again you look i'm from the bronx um you know i dealt with this stuff so much i just said you're not funny you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and and this was in
0: you know.
1: dublin
2: yes yeah, this was in dublin
1: okay now yes. dublin and, i don't like you know i have uh you know i'm a a counselor for, um, well, people are technically still in custody, so they're, uh, they're doing their treatment to get back into the community. Uh-huh. Anyway, a lot of my uh, lady clients are from Dublin. Uh, they're in the prison at Dublin, you know, and every time I go past oh. there, there's like a yellow mist to me I'm seeing all over the whole place. I don't like the place. It's yes. very depressing and to you me. Don't...
2: Yes, no, you're right. And you know why too? Because you had mentioned it before about people who have from the past, who had built up areas and they died, you know, in yeah. the process of it. Well, there was a um, a large Native American um, population there, and they were just totally abused, totally abused, Horrible. and basically got eradicated. And um, there, uh, not too long ago. Um, in the town nearby, I believe it was Pleasanton, um, they discovered the remaining Native American bones. uh,
1: So a burial ground.
2: Area, where they were building, I think they were building a food store or something. And so, um, yeah. So I believe that's why that area has that, what you're sensing,
1: that yeah, because I didn't know that at all, but I could feel the unrest, very depressing. I would worry for my sanity living there. You know what I mean? Really, yeah. I, I think we can just spend so much time with uh, these depressed spirits or the pain of a place. And I, I saw it as a yellow mist over everything, you know? So passing through, is yep. I, I didn't even stop for coffee. I just kept driving. That's how bad it felt over there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was glad to leave there, believe me. I was glad to leave there because it, it definitely was depressing. It was definitely a depressing place. But well, then, that's com- you know, confirmation
1: for me, you know. It is because I'm doing all this traveling by myself, and then when I go through, I, I, I go, go, you can't even stop, you know. I wanted to stop, but I couldn't.
2: Yeah, but then unfortunately for me, you know, I went from the pan into the fire because then I moved to Sacramento.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to go to Sacramento, okay? <laughs>
0: Don't go to the
2: pocket Green even, whatever you do. Cause
1: no, no, no.
2: Online, you'll see that it is the most, it is known to be the most, you know, haunted area in um, in Sacramento. And, you know, it, it, I, oh, Sacramento, gosh. Hmm.
1: Well, now, we we're sorry, people, know, if we're uh, talking about your city, but we just don't like it, okay? We yeah, can say no, what we want. I don't want
2: to be disrespectful to people who live there. I know there's a lot of great people who live there, but right. this particular area, Pocket Greenhaven, it, the, the, what they had a problem with were the mean entities <laughs> that was haunting them. Yeah. And telling us to get out, <laughs> you know. That's, um, you know. And actually, though, once again, the Bronx came out of me, and mm-hmm. I was actually up the window at on the side of the house at something, and right in my ear, I heard, "Get out!" Really oh, nasty. Man. And I just spun around and I said, "No." You get out, and then I ran, and I got my holy water. I got my salt. I got my sage. I was running around the house. You know, I actually that day went outside the house with the sage, and I often wondered, you know, what the neighbors thought the smoke was from. You know, because that sage has a distinct odor. It uh,
1: Well, it stinks. It doesn't smell bad, but it could be misinterpreted. But exactly. uh, it's a holy. It's a holy. Weed, let's say. <laughs> exactly. Sorry.
2: I was thinking, oh, my gosh, look at that gigantic goopie <laughs> she's smoking.
1: <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you knew what to do. You know, you knew what to do because I'm telling you, uh, for some reason, we were supposed to speak, and I was supposed to get confirmation. I was Because when I go through there, it doesn't leave me. I can. I have a memory now of a, a sadness or you know, of whatever that area is, and I, I just keep hightailing it. You know, sometimes it's kept me from stopping for coffee or anything else. I just don't want anything to do with the place.
2: Yeah, well, you're, very, you're a sensitive person, you
1: know. It and... works, yeah. So I'm going to trust this myself because I wasn't really able to, you know, I've asked uh, people that I know who stayed there for a little while, but they said they felt nothing like that. So it, it depends on the person you really have people that, that could pick up on the spirit life, and it's not pleasant.
2: No, and I actually did consult with a um, psychic medium, and mm-hmm. he told me that uh, what was haunting me in that apartment was a young boy who had died. He had fallen down a well, and he had come um. from a large family of, like, 12 brothers and sisters. And um and so she told me too that he loved Poppy, my dog. And Aww. so um uh, I got confirmation from you know her and um so but I knew it, you know. I mean I actually took a picture of like one of the first selfies probably ever took of myself. And yeah. in that picture sitting on my shoulder is a little spirit orb. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at first I was like, "What is that?" Looks like I had a growth on my shoulder, you know, and yeah. and then I, thought it was actually a little spirit orb, and it was in that apartment in Dublin. So, um, anyway, so that you know, that's that's now that's about uh, that's about it. I mean, the the, the photos that I, I do have. Um, uh, of course, weren't, they're not from when I was a kid, but um, they are from uh, Sacramento, Dublin, Sausalito, and Seneca Falls because, again, that's when I first got the digital camera and I decided, well, why not try to see if what I'm feeling is real? Right. You know? And I've well, been warned that I shouldn't take pictures, but um, I... I have to, because I, otherwise I, I felt like I was just going to feel like I was totally insane, you know, like imagining this stuff. Um, what I don't do is I don't do EVPs, um, because when I was in Dublin, uh, somehow by mistake, a recorder got left on while I was sleeping, and then I realized that the next day, and I mean, I was so freaked out by then with what was going on there, I asked my husband to listen to it. I didn't want to listen to it. And he heard voices saying, no, you can't touch her. It's
1: like a demand to each other not to touch you, or what does it it mean? It was
2: like, it seemed like probably my guardian angel Was telling whatever spirit evil thing was there that they couldn't touch me because you know i have been attacked physically and man that had to be like the most horrific period in dealing with the paranormal because you feel so vulnerable and i mean i would have bruises and
1: where did that happen at
2: um, that happened actually in North Hollywood.
1: I was in, say, North Hollywood. It, I swear also, to you, I knew it was North Hollywood. Okay, I got to tell you something. I have a feeling about this, and it's weird that you're, you're saying it because now North Hollywood in that whole area uh, is very frightening. Uh, do you remember that movie, The Entity, with poor, uh, oh, get Barbara Hershey? Played a woman plagued by entities and was really hurt. Do yes. you remember that that story? That was from that area.
2: Oh my yeah. goodness.
1: it was the area L.A. North Hollywood, that area. And I have a such a, a bad feeling about it. But um, what happened was is that um, I saw the doctor and the psychiatrist involved in this case, and I got kind of upset when they were he was talking about her because he mentioned that. He said he said she was promiscuous, first of all. I don't think that's any of his business to tell. But then he said right. that she was an alcoholic. And then I could see how this poor woman was plagued, you know, a single parent, you know, trying to make ends meet North, North Hollywood, LA, that area. You know, and she did die from alcoholism, you know, but um, it was a, a very strong entity and ghosts and things like that. That movie scares the hell out of me. I've got to be, you know, I can only watch it once every, like, 10 years. <laughs> so I can't watch it.
0: Oh, yeah, I I'm saw right now up to that watching it right fun. now.
1: It's horrible, that was but that wasn't, that was in that whole era. I kept thinking about that, uh, whatever happened to what was set loose there. But he was more of akin to she made it up or attracted it to herself, which I found oh, very perfect. insulting. You know, I don't think that happened at all. You know what I mean? It's, I think she was suffering, to basically, yes, you know, and that there was something weird there. And I'm telling you, California is very haunted.
2: Yeah, she was a victim. She was, she a, was victim. a
1: victim, definitely. So why is he blaming the victim? That's a good way to put it. You know, I'm not going to say who it is, but he really made me mad. I said, right. why? you know, I didn't even, you know, even get his number so I could, you know, interview him later. I just felt insulted. You know, that he has no right to talk about the dead, as a matter of fact, like that. And then her suffering, you know, to say, oh, it's because she drew it to herself because she was alcoholic and blah, 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 and promiscuous. Like, oh, my God, come on. Oh, well, oh, all right,
2: blaming the victim.
1: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel great pity for her. God rest her soul. So she's passed.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, if you're sleeping in the middle of the night and suddenly you're jumped on or something by some entry, exactly, to-
1: that's what happens. I don't. So I think I people to- are sensitive to this stuff, but I think the only way you could bring it on yourself is if you're calling them out, like you're calling them to you. I think that could you could call. You don't even know what you're calling. You could say it's a ghost. It could be something else. So I don't think people should play with that or or play with. Uh, Just live a normal spiritual life, you know what I mean? Because you could be adding something onto yourself that, um, you know, playing around, and I don't know. Yeah, no,
2: I don't, that's why I don't go, like, you know, looking for spirits, but if they're in my home, I have to deal with them. Yeah, yeah.
1: you you have to deal with them, because you don't have to look for them, that's for sure. You know, because that's why I find it sometimes confusing if uh, people are going to a famous haunting place, and I think, wow, they come here, so why would I want to go there when they're already coming over mm-hmm. here? So it's just because I think it's, uh, you know, every to each his own, you know, but I do feel like we stand in order. as an order. I think a lot of that down well, to, to, to really the Native different. American biz. Is a nightmare, really, to me. That's like, that, uh-huh. if that's my mother, I'm going to say, okay, the, not my mother is my mother. Except she just ran away to San Antonio. But besides that, I don't know what she's doing yeah. there. But anyway, it's like having your mother's bones dug up out of the earth. I would be enraged. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I You know, I just... Um... I I, believe, I, have, I have empathy for the spirits because, honestly, you know, when I die, I don't want to stay here. I want to move on, you know. I want to move right, on to a better place. If, if God forbid for some reason, uh, you know, I die I to you or whatever and I don't realize I'm dead, I hope, I hope somebody senses enough to help me move on and let me know, hey, look, you know, you're dead. Time for you to go into
1: light, I don't think that's gonna Uh-oh. happen to you at all. You're gonna go to heaven, you know. What I mean, no, you're I you're there. really, you know, all your life you've tried to do good and, you know, try to find the truth and everything. And I just sense a lot about you. You're gonna be fine. No, well, no, I'm getting a little you. like the older on the side. we were, you're welcome. We we're thinking about these kind of things because, you know, I. I want to ask you what year you were born, in, but you might not want to tell me on the air. But I'll, if you okay. don't want me to, I'll Facebook you. So what year I were you born? I put it in
2: the book. I had 1951.
1: I was born in '52. I knew it.
2: See? <laughs>
0: See? <laughs> just a lot of
1: the same things, you know. We've gone through a lot of the same eras, and uh, mm-hmm. you know the way that people in the '50s—we're not talking about this. They, they really were doing. Some people were spiritualists, like my father's mother was, like a, a, a Eastern Star or something, and then she did this spiritualist stuff. And um, uh, she, I think, did automatic writing and stuff like that, you know. And uh, I think I did a couple things like that as a teenager, but other than that, as an adult, no.
0: Because
1: I, you know, so you know, so um, I don't I don't know. Like, this is what I like, because then you're talking about um, you said a prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and, and Archangel Michael. Uh-huh. And my best friend, she's Italian, and we've been friends for 40 years. Now it's a long time. And um, we use Archangel Michael a lot. We oh. have his icon. We use that for protection, and we send it out. I pray about it every Sunday morning.
2: Wow, I have a statue of them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying. I'm hearing a little bit of static, but can you hear me clearly?
0: <coughs> yeah, I know. I'm coughing here. Oh. So
1: anyway, um, so you are, a, um, you. That's what you're using. It's part of your protection.
2: Well, every day I I read the Bible, I pray, I bless myself with holy water. Um, I actually have this huge St. Benedict bracelet on my wrist right now that I wear a lot. I um, try to live a good life. I'm not perfect, you know only Jesus
1: is perfect.
2: Um I right. you know, mean uh but I believe that um be a good person uh is important and trying to help others, you know, whenever you can is, you know, what we're called to do and um so that's you know, basically my uh way of living. Um, I, when I was younger, uh, you know, I drank, um, but, you know, I haven't drank in a, I guess, I don't know, it, it's, not, it hasn't been all that long ago, I mean, I'm, I'd say probably nine years, which is good, I just haven't drank at all, um, but, uh, you know, as a teenager and, you know, growing up, you know, how it was. Uh, and my father was uh, German, but my mother, she was Irish. And, you know, I remember going to the bars with my grandfather, and he was my best buddy and everything. And so, you know, I, I was raised with do, doing this. Right. In, in Places like that. And so I just thought it was just part of life. And, unfortunately... I came to my senses, and it seemed like since I stopped the drinking, and, um, you know, a lot of, I believe the drinking, a lot of the drinking, too, was uh, trying to have a lot of pain, you know? I kind of yeah. grew up being a motherless child. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, that's why I feel so blessed now to have two daughters who I know love me, for one of the biggest fears in my life was that I was not going to be able to show them love because I really never felt that. So yeah. I believe a lot of my dabbling with drinking and smoking some weed um, was just trying to run away from my pain. But thank God I, I stopped that and I faced the music. And ever since I, I got that out of my system, I feel like I'm—I've gotten so much more accomplished in life that I've been meant to do, and uh, I that's just so thank true. God
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in recoveries, but I've been—I haven't drank in like 35 years. So uh, wow. when I put that aside, I actually started accomplishing stuff. So that's the word, accomplishments, you know. And uh yeah. it's a—you uh, know—I was—I read in the Bible. You know, I told you every Saturday, but. I was Sunday, uh, and I was read right in there to stay sober. When I read that, to stay sober in your thoughts and stay praying and try to, you know, stay out of the, the murky depth or whatever it is. And uh, that has uh, has reinforces, you know, what I'm doing. Because not everybody is going to be a villagent, and they're going to do what they want to do. And unfortunately, you know, this runs in my family. So, I'm you know, I have a middle grandson I'm concerned about. I have a sister you know, that's uh-huh. one year younger than me, that has been using drugs since uh, the 60s. And she's still doing uh-huh. it, you know, and not uh-huh. the easy, I mean, she, I'm talking about meth. So, yeah. you know, it's it's really hurt our family. And what, uh, drugs have devastated, and alcohol, our family. And it really uh-huh. would have, once I got sober, and uh, I was like the youngest one in the rooms, you know. But uh, what I did is I I actually took to the streets and started uh because I know kids are, are living with their parents out in the streets and they're living in their cars and, you know, the mothers are prostitutes and all that. So I, I kind of hit the road and, uh, I was actually getting people off the street and into treatment. And oh, I don't now blood? know, I don't, I don't now know where that courage came from. I really don't because I would actually oh. go where they were, which is not a good place, you know? And, um, you know, some devastating things I found out about humanity out there. But I, but huh? mostly they, they needed help and they would get into – they would follow what I said, which I found a miracle too because I really didn't want to listen to anybody back in the day, you know. And uh-huh. uh, But I always listened to God because I always had that conscience going with me always since I was a little kid. And I had many miracles even as a child. And oh. uh, I always knew that God loved me, you know. And I think the more we do to go help others – you know, we you have. I think we're actually asked to lower the pain of the world somehow. You know, somehow uh-huh. it's on to each one of us to uh, lower the pain of the world and and get yourself out there. And I feel that you, as an author and as a human being, I think you're doing that. You're describing your story. Uh, you're you've been a you know a wonderful asset to your family. You know what I mean. And a lot of times it's not like that. I didn't have my mother around either. I mean. I took care of my family, so you know, I led a a different life. You know, I was driving a car by 10 and uh, (laughs) I know, a stick shift with the big ones with the big wheels. I don't know if you remember those. Big old steering wheels and a stick on the shift and I was actually moved out of the house at 15. So, you know, I've been independent a very long time but for me it's been a spiritual journey. Uh You know, but but I do believe there's other dimensions. I think that uh, another thing I wanted to say about what your stories and what you're talking about, I want to ask you: Do you believe that some of this is like uh, layered, like dimensional stuff? You know that we're actually operating in a multi-dimensional thing, and once in a while, somebody'll notice it, and, and you can get a peek at it. And, and uh, scientists are saying we have 12 different dimensions detectable now. It could be infinity. I don't know.
2: You know, I, I, sometimes I. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes I feel like I get a glimpse of another dimension. To be honest with you, yes. um, uh And it's just kind of like it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't dwell on it. I just say, well, okay, that was interesting, you know. <laughs>
0: um,
2: you know, but I, I. It's really not something I, I've much into um because i've been with all of this i have though i have to say when again sacramento um i had taken a picture of the sky and i do believe i did capture a ufo in the picture so i definitely um, yeah i took it was really interesting because i love taking pictures of flowers and i I was taking a picture of this flower, and it looks like the picture of the, of the flower is, like, staring right directly at this UFO. And it's in the daytime, and it's really, really high up in the air. And um, it's so it, it just looks like this kind of, like, almost like an egg-shaped thing, like, in the picture. Yeah, like yes. So far up. But if you uh, enlarge it, you can kind of get a different shape, like around it, around this thing, like just kind of like, like the, like flare, like a flare of a shape around it, you know. And the yeah. same thing happened to me in Sausalito because, um, in the backyard, uh, it was really nice. It was open, and uh, you could see the sky it was like, just vast and beautiful, and I, I caught a picture. And it had the most strangest, like, three rings, circles, perfect circles. So it wasn't like what a a plane would do that made a contrail where it was a line. These are three, like, perfect round circles in a row. And then right to the right of it was this, like, dot. And, again, when I enlarged it, it looked, again, like it had, like, a Heat waves thing going around it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, so, I have seen I've seen that, so I know what you're talking about. It's kind of radiation, maybe. Yeah. You can see the again, the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that, so. It was,
2: so I mean, I I know that's not like what you're talking about with the dimensional thing, but as far as like going beyond, some,
1: some say it is. Some say it is.
2: It has yeah. something
1: to do with it, you know, but. I think you know we're just, there's so many different phenomena now that uh, I think it's always been there. It's always been described through history, whether it be ghosts or hauntings or evil spirits or animal spirits or flying things or you know different dimensional things that I've seen a few times, and uh, you know it's it's very peculiar. So I I, I wanted you to tell us what.
2: What was the thing that you saw? I'm curious of your experience. I know. I
1: hesitate to say it. Well, because a few things have happened. And, uh, you know, me and my best friend saw a UFO coming down the freeway very low, lower than a telephone pole, and, and coming straight over us. We were in the slow lane. And it was flying low and slow. And so we just saw it. I mean, I have a witness, thank God, you know, because we've had many experiences over these 40 years, you know, we have had very odd spiritual and UFO related experiences, but I have seen stuff that I wasn't supposed to be seeing, I think at the time. And my courage has come up now that I'm older. I don't know what's happening to you that I'm getting more courageous with facing whatever the odd thing is. So, uh, what, what happened was, is, uh, I was going to actually do a three-hour show up in the uh, Hollywood Hills and all this, but on the way, us we stopped at a Starbucks. So I said, "Can you please pull over and go to Starbucks?" So I went to Starbucks from trying to make this sass and then we went into the. Uh, I went into the bathroom, right? And when I walked uh-huh. into the bathroom, because you know what Starbucks looks like, it looks like the same everywhere. This one, the ba- the bathroom I'm talking about. The bathrooms are basically laid out the same. So when I walked in there, it looked like a hall of mirrors. And I looked at it and went, why would anybody put a sink in a hall of mirrors and it's like a disco ball room or something? It was very odd when I looked at it. I went, how odd this is. Like, where's the, where's the commode? Where's the rest of the bathroom? So it looked like a sink on the left, a, hall, a wall of mirrors on the right, and the whole thing was mirrored. So I looked at it. I almost turned around to leave because I was looking at trying to figure out well, what the heck Like, why would you build all this in a sink in a closet? That's what I was thinking it was. And then I I, I turned around to walk away, and then I turned back in, locked the door, and I folded my arms, and I said, show me. And little by little, the wall, the mirror on the right disappeared. So it looked like at some point like a two-way glass, and it disappeared. And then the whole room came back to normal. And I watched it happen. Wow. I mean, I pinched myself thinking, even talking about it right now, because I said, thank you. And then I went to, <laughs> it's like weird. <laughs> wow. So that's just one. So what I did is I have a book that's coming out soon, and it's about uh, Christian mysticism, really. So I didn't put a lot of paranormal stuff in it. I just put sort of spiritual stuff. So my next book will be I... about the paranormal stuff and that kind of crazy stuff, but it's, it boggles your mind because, you know, where are you on this planet when you walk into a mirrored room that really isn't, you know? Oh, and stuff has happened to me like that before, but it's gotten odder. And the last blessing that I had recently, which is very awkward to say, is that I was going near the Hawthorne Airport. And I was driving down the street, and I saw an angel fly across the street. And you know how we see pictures of angels that look all fuzzy and all that. That's what we usually to do, they're fluffy and they're white. This is not what this angel looked like. He was big about six foot two. He has huge wings of multicolor orange, red, feathers, fluffy, fluffy, multicolor, brilliant wings. And he just flew across oh. the, the street. So at first, I wasn't shook up. I went, oh, they're filming a movie. You know, it's California. Oh, they're filming a movie. Yeah. And I went, wait a minute. I went, how do you take off from the right and go left? You know, I could, he could have landed easily, but take off, no, if he was like doing a machine or something. So anyway, so I've been stalking that for the last two months, going over there. I even came from the sideways where you had to run down parallel where there's a airplane strip. And I was looking at all the jets over there in the private plane. And uh, so I've gone on every edge of this whole area trying to figure out. And it took me two months for it to sink in. You know, I saw a, a bonafide angel and he did oh, not appear to be like what I've always dreamt about or anything like that. This guy was big vividly colored. He was in a good humor. You know what I mean? He was uh happy.
0: Yeah.
1: So oh, I, how beautiful. I He did this beautiful okay, please tell us about your blog and where to get your book.
2: I'm sorry. Oh my blog? Okay We need the address to um, your
1: blog and then we need your book your, oh, where to get your book.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Um you just blew me away now. <laughs> I know it's shocking Bible. me
1: too, so I gotta like uh, move on.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to get your book. Um, okay, okay, thank so you. I, honestly. Um, okay, my, my blog is paranormal, P A R A N O R M A L dash, you know, the line dash, not uh, j g BOSS dot com. And uh, people could email me if they want at paranormal dot at g at gmail dot com, and the book is available at Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes and Nobles, and Kobo. So awesome. it's available in digital format for like a dollar ninety nine. I think it's cool the digital format because you can download it, and you can enlarge it, and you can look for things that I don't even see. You know what I'm saying? Because people yeah, can see it when they look at pictures. So I think yeah, the digital I... is cool.
1: It is cool. Um, I really like to have a book in my hands, though, so thank you. It hasn't come yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then um, the other thing is that I found the copy on on Amazon, and what I did is provided a link at the front of the page uh, of your show page so people can just click on it and go right to your book. And also, uh, I just want to thank you so much for being such an inspiration to us, and thank you for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Oh, well, thank you for having me, and you're just a wonderful hostess. Thank you so much for making me thank feel so ma'am. comfortable. I thank said before, you,
1: and, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and I want to God bless you and all your endeavors, and I think there's more to come for you. You know, it's not over yet. Thank a lot you. more excitement. Thank all
0: right.
1: <laughs> thank you. All okay, right. Take, take care. care. Bye. Bye Good night. Take care. Okay, so... What a lovely person. And go ahead and get her book, Paranormal. Easily, uh, I have a link posted for Amazon, but as you can tell, it's at many different places. So you can also, uh, you know, reach her at her, uh, listen to the recording in the archives so you can find all her contact information. Lovely person. We're very happy to have J.G. Voss as our featured guest tonight. And we'll have another speaker next week. And six uh, o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time and Friday, and Linda Anderson, and uh, we look forward to uh, – she's actually like a animal psychic, and we're going to see her next week. So please follow the links to contact me, and leave me a message if you'd like to be part of the show or for general help and assistance. If you want to snail mail me, you can reach me at Sharon McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. And the show is archived. You can listen to it later to, and all many times as you want. And the Paranormal Sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. I want to God bless everybody where your best dreams come true, and true love live in your heart. And I wish you all the greatest day and week ahead. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.